0: Welcome to the Christ the King podcast. I am Pastor Michael McGinley of Christ the King Lutheran Church right here in Spencer, Iowa. And we are a congregation of the Lutheran Church, Missouri Synod. And we come to you on this, the Feast of St. Stephen, the first martyr of Christ, as it is celebrated on December 26th, the day right after Christmas. And so we see that the day after Christ's birth, the day after we celebrate Christ's birth, we then celebrate the martyr Stephen. And then we go on to celebrate St. John here in a day or so. St. John, the apostle and the evangelist. And then we go on to celebrate the feast of the holy Innocents, the martyrs from Matthew 2. And so what we see surrounding the celebration of Christ's birth are the companions of Christ, the martyrs of Christ. We have St. Stephen, who is a martyr in will Indeed, he was willing to die for Christ, and he did die for Christ. We have St. John, the Apostle and the Evangelist, who was a martyr in will. He was willing to die for Christ, but he wasn't called to die for Christ. He did suffer for Christ, but didn't die for him. He died of old age. And then we have the Holy Innocents, who are the martyrs not in will. They did not intend to die, they were infants, they were toddlers. But they were martyrs indeed. They did die for Christ. And so, what we see surrounding Christ's birth is death. But in that death, victory victory in Christ who died for us. And in his death, we have death even as we go to sleep in him, as we die in him. And so, that is what we are celebrating today with the first companion of Christ or of Christ's birth, St. Stephen. We now turn to our matin service and the hymn, Holy God, We Praise Thy Name. O Lord, open thou my lips, and my mouth shall show forth thy praise. Make haste, O God, to deliver me. Make haste to help me, O Lord. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. Alleluia. The Lord, the King of Martyrs.
1: Great King above all gods. In his hand are the deep places of the earth. The strength of the hills is his also. is his, and he made it, and his hands formed the dry land. Oh, come, let us worship. And kneel before the Lord our Maker. For He is a God, and we are the people of His pasture and the sheep of His hand. Glory be to the Father and to the Son, shall be
0: world end. Amen. The Lord, the King of Martyrs, O come, let us worship him. Princes also did sit and speak against me, they persecute me wrongfully, help thou me. But thy servant did meditate in thy statutes. Blessed are the undefiled in the way, who walk in the law of the Lord. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Ghost, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. Princes also did sit and speak against me. They persecute me wrongfully. Help thou me. But thy servant did meditate in thy statutes. The Old Testament lesson for this Feast of St. Stephen is written in the 24th chapter of the 2nd Book of Chronicles, beginning at the 17th verse. Now after the death of Jehoiada, the princes of Judah came and bowed down to the king, Then the king listened to them. They abandoned the house of the Lord, the God of their fathers, and served the Asherah poles and the idols. So wrath came on Judah and Jerusalem for this, their guiltiness. Yet he sent prophets to them, to bring them again to the Lord. And they testified against them, but they would not listen. The Spirit of God came on Zechariah, the son of Jehoiada the priest. And he stood above the people and said to them, God says, Why do you disobey the Lord's commandments, so that you can't prosper? Because you have forsaken the Lord, he has also forsaken you. They conspired against him, and stoned him with stones at the commandment of the king in the court of the Lord's house. Thus Joash the king didn't remember the kindness which Jehoiada, his father, had done to him, but killed his son. When he died, he said, May the Lord look at it and repay it. O Lord, have mercy upon us. Thanks be to God. The Epistle is written in the sixth and seventh chapters of the Acts of the Apostles, beginning at the eighth verse. Stephen, full of faith and power, performed great wonders and signs among the people, But some of those who were of the synagogue called the Libertines, the free men, and of the Cyrenians, of the Alexandrians, and of those of Cilicia and Asia, arose disputing with Stephen. They weren't able to withstand the wisdom and the spirit by which he spoke. Then they secretly induced men to say, We have heard him speak blasphemous words against Moses and God. They stirred up the people, the elders, and the scribes, and came against him and seized him, then brought him in to the council, and set up false witnesses who said, This man never stops speaking blasphemous words against this holy place and the law, for we heard him say that this Jesus of Nazareth will destroy this place and will change the customs which Moses delivered to us. All who sat in the council, fastening their eyes on him, saw his face like it was the face of an angel. The high priest said, Are these things so? He, Stephen, said, Brothers and fathers, listen. You stiff-necked people and uncircumcised in heart and ears, you always resist the Holy Spirit. As your fathers did, so do you. Which of the prophets didn't your fathers persecute? They killed those who foretold the coming of the Righteous One, of whom you have now become betrayers and murderers. You received the law as it was ordained by angels, and didn't keep it. Now when they heard these things, they were cut to the heart, and they gnashed at him with their teeth. But he, being full of the Holy Spirit, looked up steadfastly into heaven, and saw the glory of God, and Jesus standing on the right hand of God, and said, Behold, I see the heavens opened, and the Son of Man standing at the right hand of God. But they cried out with a loud voice, and stopped their ears, and then rushed him with one accord. They threw him out of the city and stoned him. The witnesses placed their garments at the feet of a young man named Saul. They stoned Stephen as he called out, saying, Lord Jesus, receive my spirit. He kneeled down and cried with a loud voice, Lord, don't hold this sin against them. When he had said this, he fell asleep. O Lord, have mercy upon us. Thanks be to God. Princes also did sit and speak against me. They persecute me wrongfully. Help thou me, O save me for thy mercy's sake. Alleluia, I see the heavens opened, and the Son of Man standing on the right hand of God. Alleluia. The Holy Gospel is according to St. Matthew, the 23rd chapter. Glory be to thee, O Lord. Jesus said, Therefore, behold, I send to you prophets, wise men, and scribes, some of them you will kill and crucify, and some of them you will scourge in your synagogues and persecute from city to city, that on you may come all the righteous blood shed on the earth, from the blood of righteous Abel to the blood of Zechariah, son of Barakiah, whom you killed between the sanctuary and the altar. Amen, I tell you, all these things will come upon this generation." O Jerusalem, Jerusalem, who kills the prophets and stones those who are sent to her, how often I would have gathered your children together, even as a hen gathers her chicks under her wings, and you would not. Behold, your house is left to you desolate, for I tell you, you will not see me from now on until you say, Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord." Here ends the Gospel. Praise be to thee, O Christ. Precious in the sight of the Lord is the death of his saints. The Lord keepeth all their bones, so that not one of them is broken. Great are the troubles of the righteous, but the Lord delivereth them out of them all. The Lord keepeth all their bones, so that not one of them is broken. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Ghost. The Lord keepeth all their bones, so that not one of them is broken. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Today, December 26th, can often feel as if Christmas was over. Because today, walk into any store, and the Christmas trees, the decorations, they're being taken down. And all the Christmas food is being put on sale. All the Christmas candies being put on sale. And they do that either to make way for some New Year's decorations or even at some stores to start putting up Valentine's Day decorations. There may even be some of you planning to take down your Christmas tree this afternoon, even though Christmas, according to the church, goes on until January 6th. And that's, that's out there. We expect Christmas to feel over out there. But even in the church, it can feel as if Christmas has quickly passed. After all, if you're in church today, you're surrounded by the color red, not white. Our hymns today don't exactly sound, well, Christmassy. In the epistle today, Christ is not in the manger, but he's seen by Stephen sitting at the Father's right hand. And instead of continuing with the sweet, heartwarming Christmas story, we hear about a martyr's brutal, bloody death. It can feel as if the church has moved quickly away from meditating on our Lord's manifestation and incarnation, has moved quickly away from Christmas. But I can assure you, she hasn't moved on from any of that, despite how it may feel. In fact, the Church, in her wisdom, has placed the day of the martyr's death right after Christmas on purpose and for a reason. In fact, the Church at this time remembers the death of three martyrs, of Stephen, John the Apostle, and the Holy Innocents. It's all coming up this week. The Church calls them the three companions of Christmas. In fact, this day is so connected to our Lord's birth that St. Paul's words from Christmas Eve apply just as strongly today as they did two days ago. And here are the words of St. Paul from Christmas Eve. Just to remind you, here's what he says. He says, For the grace of God has manifested, bringing salvation for all people, training us to wait for our blessed hope, the appearing of the glory of our great God and Savior Jesus Christ, who gave himself for us to redeem us from all lawlessness and to purify for himself a people of his own possession who are zealous for good works. The grace of God has been manifested to us in the manger. Yet, as it feels like Christmas is swiftly passing, we can often question or fail to see how the manifestation of God's grace in the manger has any impact in the world today, or our lives today, beyond Christmas night. Yet as we heard on Christmas Eve, the height of God's manifestation of His grace did not happen in the manger, but rather when our great God and Savior Jesus Christ gave Himself for us to redeem us, to purify us, to make us His own. It was on the cross where God's grace manifested at the height of His humility and glory. And it is baptized into the flesh of the incarnate Son of God where we find ourselves having been redeemed, having been purified, having been made Christ's own for himself. We receive all that from the cross in our baptism. And just like Christmas and the incarnation, we can often question or fail to see how the manifestation of God's grace in the manger and the deliverance of that grace in baptism. We can often question or failed to see how that has any impact on us in this corrupt world as the years pass by. So to make sure that we may not doubt or fail to see how the manifestation of God's grace continues to impact our lives, the church makes sure that today we hear the story of St. Saint, of Saint Stephen from Acts chapter 6. And it begins like this. And Stephen, We'll destroy this place and will change the customs that Moses delivered to us. And gazing at him, all who sat in the council saw that his face was like the face of an angel. And the priest said, Are these things so? And Stephen said, Brothers and fathers, hear me. We'll stop there for a bit. Now, hearing that, here's the impact which the grace of our Lord's manifestation had on Stephen. Before before he was baptized, Stephen was a lost and condemned sinner. But having been baptized into the flesh of our Lord, having been baptized into the manifestation of God's grace, having been purified, made Christ's own, here he stood. And he was known, he was defined in his very being as being a man full of grace and power. And he was, through him, God did great wonders and signs to bring people to his word and sacraments. Not only that, but he was also full of wisdom and the spirit from the word and sacraments. Such that men could not overcome him in their arguments. The men that opposed Stephen, they they were reduced to lying about him. Baptized into the manifestation of God's grace, baptized into Christ himself, Stephen is defined as a man of great faith, full of grace, power, and wisdom from God, such that the manifestation of God's grace now manifested himself through Stephen. Again, God did not stop manifesting himself in the manger, He manifested his glory and power and humility on the cross and through the cross. Through the cross, he also manifests his grace through the saints as we see in Stephen today. See how greatly God manifested his grace through Stephen. So much so that even in the face of being lied against, in the face of being slandered and ridiculed, in the face of the council before which he was dragged, who were not his friends. So full of grace and joy was Stephen that in the face of death, his face still shone like the face of an angel, of innocence, of purity, of grace. So much so that although our text skips past it today, Stephen in the face of death, the testimony he gives is a beautiful confession of the faith is a beautiful confession of the manifestation of God's grace from the entire Old Testament. We skipped a lot of verses there today, but that's what it is. It's Stephen's confession covering or based on the entire Old Testament. The light of Christmas, the light of the cross, shined even in the darkness of Stephen's death. Nothing which his enemies could do, could take away the light, the faith, the grace of God from Stephen, which had been manifested and given to him. The manifestation, the incarnation of God's grace, gives such faith that its fruits, the fruits of that faith which God gives in his grace, is a joyous confession even in the face of a bloody death. And our story in Acts then continues. And Stephen said, Brothers and fathers, hear me. You stiff-necked people, uncircumcised in heart and ears, you always resist the Holy Spirit. As your fathers did, so do you. Which of the prophets did not your fathers persecute? And they killed those who announced beforehand the coming of the righteous one, whom you have now betrayed and murdered. You who received the law as delivered by angels and did not keep it. Now when they heard these things, they were enraged, and they ground their teeth at him. But he, full of the Holy Spirit, gazed into heaven and saw the glory of God and Jesus standing at the right hand of God. And he said, Behold, I see the heavens opened and the Son of Man standing at the right hand of God. Again, I ask you, Did the manifestation of God's grace end in the manger? Did the manifestation of God's grace shine on the cross? And was it there simply sealed off from us? Or, through our baptism into this manifestation, did it not come to manifest itself through the saints, as it does Stephen here? See how God's grace continued to manifest himself through Stephen. Through his zealousness to be a pastor under the apostles, that's what, that's what he was. Through his zealousness to preach the word, to baptize, and to distribute the Lord's Supper, that's what he lived to do. Through his zealousness even to call out his enemies on their sin, that's what he's doing here. That's why he called them stiff-necked people, to bring them to repent. Even as they threatened to kill him, he wanted to bring them to repentance. Repentance. So zealous was Stephen for good works, baptized into the manifestation of God's grace, that he was zealous to preach and confess God's word, even while the wicked men around him were enraged and ground their teeth at him. Yet also, notice the faith which the manifestation of God's grace, that is, which Christ's incarnation and in death, notice the faith which all of that bore in Stephen. Such faith saw heaven open, and the glorified Savior at the right hand of God. It was the same faith of the shepherds, but the faith of Stephen here that saw heaven opened was the same faith as that of the shepherds, who themselves saw heaven opened as the angels sang and saw the glorified Savior reigning in the manger. It was the same faith which you, the baptized, have been given, who yourselves see Heaven opened to us as we gather around Christ's word and as we see our glorified Savior reigning at our altar, at the right hand of God there at our altar, giving us his flesh and blood. For just as the grace of God was manifested on Christmas night, so was the grace of God manifested through Stephen and his confession. On the day of Stephen's death, the grace of God was also manifested to Stephen in the vision of heaven. And so also is the grace of God manifested to us or through us in our confession and to us at the altar. Just as the grace of God is manifested to us in the font and from the pulpit and at the altar where God's grace is given to us. God's grace is so manifested to us that we can feel it, hear it, see it, smell it, taste it. That's how manifest God's grace is on Christmas night and at Stephen's martyrdom and among us here at the altar. So manifest is God's grace to us that it gives us a faith that sees heaven opened and the glorified Savior sitting at the right hand of God, dwelling there among us. Our story in Acts ends this way it says, But the enemies of Stephen, when he said he saw the Christ sitting at the right hand of the Father, the enemies of Stephen cried out with a loud voice and stopped their ears and rushed together at him. Then they cast him out of the city and stoned him. And the witnesses laid down their garments at the feet of a young man named Saul. And as they were stoning Stephen, he called out, Lord Jesus, receive my spirit. And falling to his knees, he cried out with a loud voice, Lord, do not hold this sin against them. And when he had said this, he fell asleep. We can see here why we often ask or doubt if Christ's incarnation, if his death and our baptism have any effect in our lives beyond the manger, beyond the cross or the font. Because Stephen's enemies are our enemies. So much did his enemies hate the word of God that they stopped up their ears. They covered their ears with their hands to keep from hearing the word of God. And don't we experience this in our world as well? People wanting to shut their ears to keep from hearing from us about Christ. And notice those who cast Stephen out and stoned him, they're like our enemies as well. Those who want to cast us out of the public square from having any say who want to shut us up at the expense of our jobs, our families, even our lives. Those who would not shed a tear if we who were baptized died tomorrow, they're like Stephen's enemies. And yet remember, on Christmas, the world saw in the manger only a hopeless baby. That's all the world saw was a hopeless child in poverty. But meanwhile, the angels and the shepherds They saw in the manger the great divine warrior. Again, at the cross, the world saw only a fool who died quietly. But meanwhile, the angels and the saints, ever since then, have proclaimed that he who died was no fool, but was the mighty Son of God who defeated death with death, who crushed the head of the serpent and took the serpent's power for himself, who became sin for us and died in our stead. Likewise, the world on the day of Stephen's death saw only a weak, hopeless fool who would have lived if only he would have kept his mouth shut. Just said what people wanted to hear. But that's not what we, the church, see. We, the saints, we proclaim Stephen a great, beloved child of God, a strong and courageous saint. And why? Not on his own merits. Nothing in and of Stephen himself. We proclaim him a strong and courageous saint because the grace of God that was manifested in the manger and on the cross was given to Stephen in baptism. And that grace of God given to Stephen in baptism manifested itself in strength through Stephen. So great was the faith that the grace of God manifested in Stephen. That in the face of death, his confession remained strong. His vision and trust in God never swayed. His heart, in his heart, he wanted to forgive his enemies, which led to the words of his dying breath, Lord, do not hold this against them. That's the strength of the faith. The grace of God manifests to and through Stephen, it didn't lead to fear in the face of death, but to faith which conquers and is triumphantly brought into heavenly glory. What our Lord saw that day on the day of Stephen's death was not the death of a fool. But What the Lord saw was the death of one of his saints, which he himself holds precious. And the words that Stephen prayed as he died So strong was the grace of God manifesting himself through Stephen and through the words that he prayed. So powerful were those words in God's grace and promises that God heard the prayer of Stephen and God answered the prayer of Stephen. And we know that God answered Stephen's prayer because Saul, who stood by and encouraged Stephen's death, Saul would be forgiven on the Damascus Road. In God's grace and favor, answering Stephen's prayer, Saul himself would become a great apostle to the Gentiles and would himself suffer for the gospel. The grace of God manifested on Christmas night and on the cross gives this faith, which gives a strong confession, which sees heaven opened, which conquers all fear and death. The manifestation of God's grace and Christmas night did not end in the manger. Christmas, the incarnation, did not end on Christmas. Or we should maybe say Christmas has not ended. Instead, it shines brilliantly from the cross even to this day. This grace is given to you that you may have faith. And the faith from his grace is that in which we commune, is that which overcomes the world, so that Jesus, who was born into the world for Stephen and you and me, he is your Savior even unto death. Amen. Now may the peace of God which surpasses all understanding keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Amen.
1: Rest upon Thee to deliver.
0: but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Grant, O Lord, that in all our sufferings here upon earth for the testimony of your truth, we may steadfastly look up to heaven and by faith behold the glory that shall be revealed. And being filled with the Holy Spirit, may learn to love and bless our persecutors by the example of your first martyr, St. Stephen, who prayed for his murderers to you, O blessed Jesus, who stands at the right hand of God to succor all those that suffer for you, our only mediator and advocate, who lives and reigns with the Father and the Holy Spirit, ever one God, world without end. Amen. Almighty and most merciful God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, We give you thanks for all your goodness and tender mercies, especially for the gift of your dear Son and for the revelation of your will and grace. And we beseech you so to implant your word in us that in good and honest hearts we may keep it and bring forth the fruits of faith by patient continuance and well-doing. Most heartily we beseech you so to rule and govern your church Catholic with all her pastors and ministers, that we may be preserved in the pure doctrine of your saving word, whereby faith toward you may be strengthened, love and charity increased in us toward all mankind, and your kingdom extended. Send forth laborers into your harvest, and sustain those whom you have sent, that the word of reconciliation may be proclaimed to all people, and the gospel preached in all the world. Grant health and prosperity to all who are in authority especially to Joseph, our President, the Congress of these United States, Kim, our Governor, the Legislature of this State, and to all our judges and magistrates, and endue them with grace to rule after your good pleasure, to the maintenance of righteousness, and to the hindrance and punishment of wickedness, that we may lead a quiet and peaceable life in all godliness and honesty. May it please you also to turn the hearts of our enemies and adversaries, that they may cease their enmity and hostilities and be inclined to walk with us in meekness and in peace. All who are in trouble, want, sickness, anguish of labor, peril of death, or any other adversity, especially those who are in suffering for your name's sake, comfort, O God, with your Holy Spirit, that they may receive and acknowledge their afflictions as the manifestation of your fatherly will. Especially do we pray for those that we name in our hearts at this time. Although we have deserved your righteous wrath and manifold punishment, yet we entreat you, O most merciful Father, remember not the sins of our youth nor our many transgressions. But out of your unspeakable goodness, grace, and mercy, defend us from all harm and danger of body and soul. Preserve us from false and pernicious doctrine, from war and bloodshed, from plague and pestilence, from all calamity by fire and water, from hail and tempest, from failure of harvest and from famine, from anguish of heart and despair of your mercy, and from an evil death. And in every time of trouble, Show yourself a very present help, the Savior of all men, and especially of them that believe. Cause all needed fruits of the earth to prosper, that we may enjoy them in due season. Give success to the Christian training of the young, to all lawful occupations on land, sea, and air, and to all pure arts and useful knowledge, and crown them with your blessing. Receive, O God, our bodies and souls and all our talents together with the offerings we bring before you. For by His blood your Son has purchased us to be your own, that we may live under Him in His kingdom. As we are strangers and pilgrims on earth, help us by true faith and a godly life to prepare for the world to come, doing the work you have given us to do while it is day, before the night comes when no one can work, and when our last hour shall come, Support us by your power, and receive us into your everlasting kingdom. O Lord, our Heavenly Father, almighty and everlasting God, who has safely brought us to the beginning of this day, defend us in the same with thy mighty power, and grant that this day we fall into no sin, neither run into any kind of danger, but that all our doings, being ordered by thy governance, may be righteous in thy sight. Through Jesus Christ, thy Son, our Lord, who liveth and reigneth with thee and the Holy Ghost, ever one God, world without end. Amen. Let my mouth be filled with thy praise and with thy honor all the day. O Lord, our Heavenly Father, almighty and everlasting God, who has safely brought us to the beginning of this day, defend us in the same with thy mighty power and grant that this day we fall into no sin, neither run into any kind of danger. But that all our doings, being ordered by thy governance, may be righteous in thy sight. Through the same Jesus Christ, thy Son, our Lord, who liveth and reigneth with thee and the Holy Ghost, ever one God, world without end. Amen. We give thanks unto thee, Heavenly Father, through Jesus Christ, thy dear Son, that thou hast protected us through the night from all danger and harm. And we beseech thee to preserve and keep us this day also from all sin and evil, that in all our thoughts, words, and deeds we may serve and please Thee. Into Thy hands we commend our bodies and our souls and all that is ours. Let Thy holy angel have charge concerning us that the wicked one have no power over us. Amen. Hear my prayer, O Lord, and let my cry come unto Thee. Bless we the Lord. Thanks be to God. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God, and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with us all. Amen. Thank you for joining us for this Matins podcast celebrating the Feast of St. Stephen. And please come join us again next week, next Sunday, as we have another Matins podcast to celebrate the Feast of the Holy Innocents, which we'll observe next Sunday with the podcast released about quarter till nine Central Time. We encourage all of our listeners to look us up on Facebook under Christ the King Lutheran Church or CTK Spencer. If you enjoyed this podcast, we encourage you to subscribe, tell a friend, or leave a review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listened. If you would like to be on our mailing list for the podcast or want to leave feedback, You can contact us on Facebook or at the email addresses listed at the top of the bulletin. That's all for this week. Until next time, go forth and serve the Lord. I am Pastor Michael McGinley, signing off.